You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling in the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out to the ancestors, yours and mine, to those people all the way back to the first man and the first woman. I call out to all of those who have lived well and died well and bring to each of us the legacy of all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines. I call out to the people that met the challenges of their time in a good way and who learned from it and want to offer that wisdom to the living so that the living are better able to meet the challenges of their time and to create a better world for those who are coming. So I call out to these ancestors who understand ever more intimately than our other helping spirits the challenges of being human and I ask them to help us step up to that challenge and to bring forward the imagination and the love and the capacity that humans have that are rarely tapped in these days. So I ask these ancestors to help us to be better humans. And I call out to those ancestors in non-human form to be with us here today. And as we strive to be better humans, let us do it in a way that is good for all living things. And I ask these energies of nature to help us to understand our own true nature and how we fit in in a good way to that great web of life. May we begin to be a creative force on this planet, not one of destruction. And so I ask these helping spirits to help us to find our way from where we are to this place where we are all co-creating a world that is good for all living things and we're doing it together. So with great gratitude for this enormous spirit help, more than we can possibly imagine, uh, it's time for us to gather ourselves, to draw ourselves from wherever we are, draw our awareness into our mind. And with the next breath from the mind to the heart. And with the next breath, draw your awareness from your heart down to your belly. And then, from the belly, let us reach down and touch the earth. And let us pause for this moment and stop multitasking and doing 17 things at once. And just say thank you. To allow the gratitude in our heart to pour out to the earth for our life, for this day, for all that has been in your life that has brought you to this moment, for all that is and all that will be and for all that could be, We ask the energy of the earth to feel our gratitude for the beauty and diversity and experiences and challenges and adventures that help to bring out that potential in who we are. And we are deeply grateful for the generosity in the earth's dreaming that allows us to make change happen as long as we are breathing, anything, as long as we are alive to do it. And we give great, great gratitude to the earth for the wonder of life. We will not take it for granted. 
And with this gratitude pouring from our heart as we move our energy down through all the layers of the earth, letting the gratitude pour out and touch each layer of the earth until we reach the very center of the earth. And whether you feel more inspired to visualize it as a fiery core in the center of the earth or this place of the deep essence of stillness and darkness and silence, however you visualize it in the center, be there in the center, in the center of the earth and experience this energy that is nourishing and replenishing and rejuvenating, that which restores, that which rises up to the surface of the earth and blossoms into the great abundance of this planet and it is through that abundance that we all live we all are deeply grateful for this essence energy in the center of the earth and so let us reach into it and draw it up into ourselves as we would drink down fresh clear water on a hot and parched day and as we draw up the energy of the earth and let it infuse our bellies let us use this energy to ground ourselves firmly to the center of the earth that we know who we are and where we stand and from this let us come to understand consciously what we stand for what has meaning and value in our lives and let us create our sense of place and home from this our sense of belonging and let us do this in a way that we are open to those who are different than we are that we don't draw our sense of place and belonging from a certain place and certain people, but that we carry this sense with us deep in our heart, in our comfort with ourselves, and our place in the great web of life. We carry that sense of home with us so we are able to open to others who are different and invite them in and learn to share their stories, to become bigger people by opening our hearts to those who are different than we are. And from this way, may we come into greater connection with all aspects of ourself, aspects of the world around us, and aspects of the spirit world. And may we do this in a way that we're blessed in this day with a moment of connection and interconnection that is so great, so deeply intertwined that we feel ourself in the great oneness of all things. And may we take right relationship from that with ourself, with others, with the environment, and with the spirit world. And let us draw this energy of the earth up in right relationship into our own heart, infusing it and into our own mind, infusing the mind, and finally rising up with the earth energy up through the sky and whatever weather it holds for you today, up and out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos. Imagine that your energy is caressing all the heavenly bodies and being caressed by them, that you are caressing the unknown and all the mysteries of our universe and being caressed by them. As you reach all the way to the highest power of the universe and by whatever name you name it, in whatever way you conceive of it, do so. Connect with it and draw it down. Drawing into yourself, into your body, into your day, into these proceedings. Drawing in this essence energy of blessings. The energy of protection and benevolence and all the wisdom of the cosmos coming into you and helping you. We call in this energy of commitment and devotion and inspiration and illumination. We call in all the beneficence of this universe. We call it in and take our place in that world as we draw this energy from our head down into our heart, from our heart down into our belly, and from our belly deep down into the center of the earth. And we become the meeting place of these two great and legendary lovers. 
This great love gave birth to all this experience of form as we know it. We give gratitude to these two and ask that big love to awaken the true spirit of our heart. And we ask that heart to open up and to open that crucible of transformation and call up the fiery passions of our belly that carry within them that original spark of life, that tiny piece, our tiny piece of that original spark. And we draw that passion for life up into the heart and draw down the crystal clarity of the mind that can look around to see how we can do it in our own time. We call these energies together and let them dance in the heart that they might produce one third energy, the memory, the sense, the understanding, perhaps even the clarity of why we are here of our gifts, of our uniqueness. And may you reach into that very same human heart to find the courage that you need to do something, large or small, to bring your gifts out into the world and make them manifest. And we give great gratitude for all the spirit help that we have in doing this. May what needs to be said here today be said. May what needs to be heard be heard and may these proceedings go forward in a way for good that is good for all living things. And I am deeply grateful here uh, at this, this point in the wheel of the year for all of you that make this show possible, for all the um, generosity. Without your financial donations, I would not be able to keep the show on the air because like everything else in our lives, there is some exchange of energy that is needed. And in this case, there is technology involved, thus there are bills. And I give thanks to you for helping me to... Um, be in right relationship with all the different parts of making the show available free uh, for anyone anywhere in the world who can get onto the internet you can go to whyshamanismnow.com to find archives for over 30 hours of shows and same at itunes and cocreatornetwork.com and you can also donate through that website, whyshamanismnow.com, if you choose to. Any amount, large or small, it all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. So if you are moved by this show in any way, if you are moved into inspiration and um, excitement or frustration and irritation, you have been moved. And if so, please do something to support the show. This exchange of energy is a profound aspect of shamanic awareness. But as is this learning how to allow that which moves us in the heart to motivate our actions. This is the most primary of acts in shamanism. And allow yourself to let what moves your heart move you in the world so thank you all for all that you are doing to help the show be alive and well so we are live today and if you have any questions about today's topic you are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938 or you can skype in from co-creatornetwork.com site or email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org and for those of you who are asking most of the registration for the classes are on the last mask center website um, and we're just about in the next two days to have the registration up for masks of illusion and the authentic self i'm getting a lot of emails about that so i'm just letting you know 
All right. So today we're continuing on this little adventure here in 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 the winter time in the northern hemisphere, um, exploring the challenges of co-creating our life. Winter is a good time to be gestating ideas and the visions and the dreaming um, to co- to to emerge in the springtime as we transition from kidney time into liver time, uh, liver gallbladder. Um, are the dreamers and the manifestors, right? And so we want to be sure by the time we arrive in the spring that we have the uh, true dream to offer uh, the liver for manifesting. So um, co-creation then is an art that is better practiced consciously. Without conscious engagement, our ability to manifest a life that is more joyful for us can be easily hijacked by the dreams, by advertising, by the needs of others. And how do you protect your dreams as you set about co-creating your life is very important. And yet it is also a common part of the teachings of a shamanic life. So helping spirits and shamanic practices for living well have helped shamanic people navigate these rough waters of co-creation for um, centuries, for thousands of years. And um, the issue here for us today in particular is that we are all here on the same very, very small planet sharing um, our need for clean water and fresh air and nourishing food. Yet many in their manifestation of their dreaming pollute and poison the very basics that we all need to live and they're doing this with the manifestation of their dreams and it is too simplistic to say they're just hateful greedy people because the truth of the matter is everyone who's manifesting something is manifesting what they love is manifesting from their own beliefs and values and it's important um to recognize then the power of a fear-based belief system. It's important to recognize the power in the dreaming of people who are moving to manifest what they love when what they love are selfish loves. And so it's it's not a simplistic issue. So here we all are on this very small planet and the question is uh, how do we manifest what is important to us when so many people are manifesting so many different realities um, that seem so contrary to the world world that you might be dreaming of, right? So this is our third show that's that's endeavoring to explore some of the nuts and bolts and real world messy art of co-creating a life with spirit so that we are able to live a life of meaning and joy and value Uh, and a life that is valuable for the world at large. And so for those of you that are just joining us, two weeks ago we had Elida Birch start us off um, sharing her exceptionally clear and clear-headed book about um, called the co-creation handbook and by the way several listeners actually have already gone out and bought the book and the comment that i'm receiving is buy the real book the physical book not the ebook because there there are workbooks and practices in the book even even though it does have the audio piece to it the audio download there are practices in the book and and worksheets and ways to work with it um, that are just easier if you have a physical book and so many people have said that they they bought the ebook for their Kindle or their whatever and turned around and bought the physical book anyway. So just go for the physical book. 
um, and take take a page out of the wisdom of your co-listeners. Okay. So in the co-creation handbook, Elida reminds us that there are four essential concepts that when understood and applied to life will change how you think, feel, and act, and thus will change the way that you consciously engage in your co-creating. Um, one, uh, the first principle is happiness is a fundamental choice. It's not something that comes to you. It's something you choose. And being in the flow of manifestation brings you joy. Not just the end game, but the actual process and how you respond to anything in life. And this is important in today's show is your choice and uh, choose to be the predominant creative force in your life. So today's show is really leaning heavily into principles three and four. So then last week uh, we had a show about co-creating with the dead. And so what I was trying to talk about was how our true ancestral helping spirits, one part of the dead, can really support us in co-creating in our life. In fact, that's, that is their right relationship with us, is to remember pitfalls and hazards and what they learn from their lives and to support us in going forward in ours in new ways where we need to and staying true to what will support us in old ways. Um, and so the ancestral helping spirits, the true ancestral helping spirits, have a great, uh, powerful role in supporting us in manifesting our own uh, dreams. The challenge here is that the unresolved energy of the dead can really get in the way of our efforts to co-create our life. So primarily, the reason for that is the unresolved energy of the dead is stuck in the same belief system that it lived with the same attitudes and depressions and emotional charging around the actual life of the dead person. It's not like you die and suddenly become wise. If you're not clarified enough or resolved or reconciled enough in your life to move easily from this realm, the energy that stays here stays largely stuck in the life that you lived. But now you don't have a body to change it. So it becomes sort of exponentially more frustrating. So the issue then, if we look at it in terms of co-creation, so as I'm trying to co-create my life with spirit, my responsibility is discernment. I'm receiving information from my intuition, from spirit, from here, from facts, you know, all this, all this information, and it's my job to discern going forward. It's my job to discern the vision itself, right? Discernment is a big piece constantly in our co-creation. So then discerning whether we're acting on an authentic choice or just doing what we think is expected of us without really choosing um, is a big issue. And that it's, it's the same issue whether we're talking about the, the expectations about who to marry, um, expectations about what kind of jobs you should get, what kind of work you should be doing, um, different family expectations and family matters that come to play, whatever. I mean there are many – ways we believe we're expected to behave in certain ways. Now, of course, an authentic choice is still an authentic choice, you know, a choice that's true to you, even if it happens to line up with what's expected of you. So let's say your family expects you to get married and have children. Well, if that's an authentic choice for you, then that's okay. They line up. It's not like you have to be contrary to your family just to be authentic. I mean, in fact, that in and of itself is very misguided thinking. Rebelling against expectations is still being driven by expectations, right? So the challenge here then with co-creating is discernment. 
And so our ability to discern when we are co-creating is made ever more challenging by the unresolved energy of the dead that by their presence they create in the everyday living sensation of life in us um, the sensation that what are just expectations of us are actually reality. So I go from if the example is getting married and having kids – Um, I go from seeing that as a choice to seeing that as the only choice. It is reality. There is no other option, blah, blah, blah. So when that happens, we feel and see um, that we have no choice where we actually should be choosing. So the unresolved energy of the dead is is thus making discernment ever more challenging than it already is. Okay, but today we're talking about the challenges and joys of co-creating with the living. So this is one of the most frequently asked questions or some version of it, not only that I get, but that spiritual teachers or shamanic practitioners or healers, just anybody trying to help people co-create their lives gets this type of question all the time. And the question is basically, how do I accept or love or respect, you know, it's some version of this question, um, people who believe in and live values that I don't respect. In other words, people who believe deeply in the value and the right to, you know, manifest suicide bombings. Now, other people feel very strongly that this is, this is, um, doesn't align with their beliefs and values. And so this is what I mean by co-creating with the living. There's lots of dreams being manifest right now all around the globe. And, it's a great challenge to approach co-creating with all of these other people who are co-creating. It's a big challenge and it's a real challenge. We live on a very, very small planet. And just as the decisions of my you know, next door neighbors can affect my sleep at night because of their late night activities um, or can affect my safety if they decide to turn their house into a meth house, right? people right next to us affect us. But entities near us affect us like businesses and their choices affect us. And then ultimately, of course, the decisions of countries affect us, particularly when they allow businesses to fundamentally damage the earth or to waste resources that we all need to live. Back to the ever so critical resources of fertile soil, fresh water, clean air. So how do we blithely talk about co-creating your joyful, meaningful life when everyone is co-creating a reality from his or her own beliefs, conscious and unconscious? You know, how can we possibly do that? Well, because we have to. We must talk about it because that's the reality of our life, that we are each always co-creating, consciously or unconsciously. There's no not co-creating. There's just conscious and unconscious co-creating and everything is connected. So we need need to get on board with the big dreaming as in the big dream that began at the very beginning. And whether you think it was God's word or a dream of the great vast no space, no time, nothingness, it doesn't really matter how you think it began. The point is a big dream began and it was a dream of life. And that we need to align our dreaming and our co-creating with life. 
That's our responsibility as humans to be part of, to be the manifestation of the big dreaming that we were born to be. Nothing in all the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. And this is a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a great teacher in his modeling of how to co-create the dream that is living through you. And I'm not going to quote him all day here on the show, but it does seem timely to acknowledge this great teacher we have had around co-creating. And now with the world so interconnected via technology, he becomes a teacher for humanity. I mean, he's huge in regard to this topic of co-creating our life. And then it's important to acknowledge that he was killed by people manifesting a very different dream of life um, because they were upset that he was manifesting the dreams of his life. So people dreaming a life out of a certain set of beliefs and values felt they had a right to end his dreaming because it was based on a different set of beliefs and values. So this this actually is one of the first points of clarity um, that a shamanic perspective offers us. And that is the ability to begin to discern, am I living the dream that is trying to dream through me or am I living a small d dream, a small selfish dream? Am I doing what I have come here to do or am I doing what I want? And using our relationship, a skillful relationship with spirit to understand this is critical if you're going to co-create here in your life and you are so it's critical and for me it's part of the beauty of looking to Martin Luther King Jr. Um, as a teacher in this because he did this very shamanic thing without remotely being shamanic but his relationship with spirit as he understood it and his faith as he understood it was a huge part of what allowed him to be so successful in what it was that he chose to co-create that that he I believe he is an example of someone who was doing what he was dreamt up to do and so discerning what dream am I co-creating what vision has captured me that I am committing my capacity for co-creation towards is a critical piece and for me in my own life I will I will say humbly for me in my own life I could not sort this out until I began to work with spirit and began to get perspectives I didn't want to be given I wasn't happy to have but they were true and I knew they were true and they rang true and they helped me see the distinction between my own personal dreams and wants and what it means to open up to the dream you were born really to live I don't mean the expectations of your parents when they gave birth to you I mean the part of the big dream that is dreaming you. And so one way to think about this sometimes, because the language is very hard, because we're talking about energies we don't have words for in English. So if you think of it as a symphony, if you were dreamt up to be the piccolo, and I was dreamt up to be the violin, we each have our part in the symphony. And the important thing is for the symphony to work as a great song, We can't just be the piccolo or be the violin however we want to, but we have to 
surrender ourselves to our part in that great song. So this is the first piece that I think shamanism helps us when we're trying to navigate this water of how do I co-create with the living. And the key here is your beliefs and values. So in other words, am I wanting to manifest a particular outcome, which I am now attached to manifesting precisely as I see it? Or am I desiring, for example, to live my soul's purpose and to discover what that means and being willing to do that, whatever that is? So are you manifesting a dream of life that will be good for all of life? It's one way to think about this. Or one that is good only for this particular time. So in other words, those who are dreaming the dream of fracking have decided that having natural gas available to us at this time and preserving the way that we live versus a dream of conservation perhaps um, is more important than the future, than, than, than what this dream creates, what the manifestation of this dream creates for the future. So it's a dream that serves the time, but not future time. Um, another issue is, is your dream serving all of life or just these particular people? I mean, does it serve humanity and all of life or just these particular people or just people and not the rest of life? So energetically, what we're talking about is whether you are moving your energy out into the world directly from your third chakra, directly from your will. This is pushing your will out in the world regardless of how it affects others. So it's giving up your responsibility for noticing how what you want works relative to the bigger picture. Now, of course, this is assuming you've taken responsibility to actually clarify for yourself what you want, right? It, you've actually got your energy up into the third chakra at least versus leaving it down in the first and second chakra and just allowing yourself through the way you're reacting to what's going on in your life to be pushed around by everybody else and they're, they're co-creating, they're dreaming, right? So... We want to at least draw our own energy up into our third chakra so we get a sense of what it is that we want to do. What are we here to do? Then the important thing is then to continue to move this energy up into your heart where you can get the perspective relative to this thing. How can I do this in a way that's good for all living things? And so now we're back to this fundamental act of shamanism, which is making sure our power and our action in the world is being mediated in our heart. And that we are taking responsibility to notice and think about how is what I am doing affecting the bigger picture. So that is the second point shamanic life really offers us is this value for true power and an understanding or belief that is mediated through the heart in this way. And there are many shamanic practices um, that weave together to create a shamanic way of living that supports the individual in drawing their energy up, clarifying their own dream, and then moving it into the heart before they determine a path forward because there is value for the collective as well as the individual. So in everyday contemporary life, 
dreams that are being co-created are mashing up against each other all the time. There is no other way this can be happening right now. But the art of co-creation with the living is holding the beliefs and values that allow you to feel that that mashup could be a good thing. In other words, that your own that you you hold the beliefs and values, um, and within that, a sense that as you, your own dream mashes up against other people's dreams, that this is an opportunity to create something that didn't exist before, that carries in it the essence of these two dreamings. In other words, diversity has arrived at my door. My co-creating dream is in conflict with another co-creating dream and they're mashing up against each other. How do I bring these two things together, these things that appear to be in conflict and create something that carries the essence of both into the world, knowing that this is uh, that this something, this this, this this whatever that is that can bring these essences into the world may be something that's never existed before or something that hasn't existed for a very long time. Man must evolve for all human conflict, a method that rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love. Again, Martin Luther King Jr., that we, humanity, must evolve a method for attending to human conflict that rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. And so, I can't help it. Martin Luther King Jr. is a great teacher in this arena. He co-created his vision with spirit and faith in an environment of great ignorance, fear, injustice, organized opposition, disorganized opposition, the list goes on, but he did it anyway. In other words, we must not believe in, in you know, in, in other words, as we look at his words, we must not believe in or value human experiences like revenge, aggression, and retaliation. He's not saying we won't feel them. He's saying we must not believe in them and value them and let them be the foundation of how we attend to conflict. So, think about it. When was the last time you visualized a revenge scenario for the person you gave your heart to who betrayed you with one or more other people? When was the last time you felt that lusty desire for revenge for someone who broke your heart? When was the last time you were so frustrated you simply wanted to lash out and shake someone to bring them back to their senses? When was the last time you wanted to retaliate against the injustice caused by an evil like racism in America? These are examples of revenge, of aggression, of retaliation. And the, and the movement towards them, the impulse towards them is very human. But it is our choice how we respond. So the fact that we can notice ourselves in these feelings of revenge, of retaliation, of aggression, and others shows us that we do understand those people, those others, those people, those people outside of ourselves who are behaving in ways we think we cannot fathom. The truth is we can 
because they are human and we are human. And the last time you felt a revenge scenario or so frustrated you want to shake someone, I don't know, it's probably yesterday, right? I mean, we know inside of ourselves precisely how those others, quote unquote, can do the what we think are horrible, these things we see them doing. And I believe that anything that ends someone else's ability to move towards their destiny is a horrible thing. I'm not saying that we learn to look out there in the world and see everything is good because that would be false. The issue is when we see ourselves apart from the horrible things. We aren't. They are a reflection back to us. They are about humanity and we are humanity. So people who seem so different from ourselves really aren't. So one of these great challenges then in co-creating your life is not creating the very thing that you believe you are standing against. And we do this as humans for very noble reasons all the time. You know, we stand against injustice so fiercely that we behave unjustly. The, the challenge of teachers like Martin Luther King Jr., the challenge of the shamanic ways of approaching life is that they challenge us to have the, a big enough heart and the courage to embrace the situation in a way that allows us to do something different. That we must believe in love as the foundation of any method for reconciling conflict and co-creating a future with others. And this is part of King's great legacy. So the third point from shamanic life in this whole challenge really of co-creating with other living things is if you are practicing a shamanic way of living, then you will be asked through the practices to investigate your beliefs and values so that you actually know what you believe and what you value. And so if you do that, instead of just being driven unconsciously from inside by beliefs and values you don't even realize you hold, many of which are going to be in conflict with each other and cause you to respond, uh, to cause you to react instead of being able to respond. So as part of our responsibility as human beings to understand what is driving me in the world because we are co-creating. It's part of our responsibility to co-create consciously. And to do that, we really need to understand what our beliefs and values are. And so, for example, from a shamanic perspective, and this is going to bring us back around to this challenge people have, which is essentially how do I love and accept those people I believe are doing horrible harm in the world? For most people, they can get to a place, or for many people that are trying at least to be non-judgmental and accepting, they can get to a place of accepting people that are less fortunate than they are, etc. People that are addicts, people that are depressed, people that are somehow challenged in some way. <clears throat> then people can find compassion for that and acceptance. The challenge a lot of spiritual practitioners have or just people trying to live consciously have, is having that same kind of acceptance and embracing of people that are doing horrible things, people that are ending uh, the capacity for others 
to live their destiny. So one way to approach this um, is shamanically. So the way we would get there through basic shamanic beliefs is that in the beginning, long before there were even universes, when there was really nothing, there was a dream and love is at the origin of that dream. So love is a vast and really sort of unfathomable cosmic thing. It is the origin. It is not these little sort of puny romantic ideas that we have. Not that those aren't wonderful and don't bring great joy and passion and beauty into our lives. But love is way bigger than that. Love is beyond all conditions. And so from a shamanic perspective, there's an understanding of this this inherent energy in the beginning of all things. And that that energy, in its effort to manifest manifest this complementary dualism you can in Taoism we would talk about the yin and the yang of things right in um, Hillary Webb's uh, uh, in the show with Hillary Webb about her book about complementary dualism in Andean shamanism we're talking about how this awareness that duality is not an um, ag- aggression or um, defiant against itself but that the dualism itself is what life comes out of, is this dance between these two complementary energies. So if we shape our beliefs from that and our values from this understanding, then we begin to co-create from that perspective. And we begin to co-create our life from this sense of embracing energies that appear to be in conflict. And so with that way of living in a kind of unconditional acceptance and yet exceedingly healthy boundaries. So the only way that I can be with these energies that are challenging to me in a healthy way and accept them for who they are while I understand how to relate to them is I have to have really healthy boundaries relative to that. Another aspect that comes out of these shamanic beliefs is the ability to really bear fair witness on the outer world. To see it for what it is, understanding, for example, observing some act of retaliation with an understanding of retaliation. That humans, it's a very human response to want to do that. Whether or not we should act on that is another issue, right? So bearing fair witness out there in the world that that people, in, when you say, I could never do that, You need to be very careful because it creates otherness. Yes, in the right circumstances, we could. And we need to remember that, that we are not above other humans in our capacity. That we would choose not to do that is another statement. So bearing fair witness on the outer world and then seeing that challenge there in the outer world or the great beauty in the outer world as a mirror of our inner world and then loving yourself enough to embody that reflection of beauty own it and begin to live it bring it into your manifestation of your life dream the other side of that is owning the you that you see through these problematic reflections and doing the 
personal work necessary to rescue the you that's trapped in that misunderstanding, misconception, um, shadow, whatever it is. There are many things that it can be, but the point is that you have a belief that you can and a value for spending the time and energy to draw your, the truth of yourself out of those misheld, misaligned beliefs. And then with that then is believing in and thus valuing that taking the time to do this clearing work in your inner world or healing work in your inner world or shadow transformation in your inner world, whatever it is that needs to be done, that this will clear the way for your co-creation. So it's a value for trusting that what life is bringing up, even the most challenging conflict of mashups of two dreams is exactly the path for manifesting your dream and so to attend to the mashup not go oh I don't have time for this I can't deal with this because I need to create my life over here right but that's all happening again in this balance between the acceptance and the boundaries right so what what comes from this then as you restore your relationship with yourself is you're that much better able to model what you believe is right action. You're better able to radiate love in its non-personal form as this origin energy and better able then to kind of point the way to something different for people who insist on co-creating a dream that is you know, ending the lives of other people, for example. And important in this is that you protect your heart at all times because it's important that we protect what our hearts want to create. And I don't mean this in a simplistic fuzzy bunnies sort of way. I'm talking about a kind of fierce protection and warriorship that believes that it's critically important to the life of the entire universe for you to do your life for you to be that face of the divine for you to manifest that and to protect that responsibility fiercely while at the same time you embrace the fact that you are co-creating that with everybody else who is equally a face of that divine so to live the dream that is being dreamed through you is a direct connection to that original love and a set, a coherent set of shamanic practices can help you live that. There is a flow to the manifestation of that that is far greater than any one human can imagine when they're trying to, for example, just manifest their own personal dream. Um, important thing to understand is to co-create truly means to to open your attitude and opinion that is personal to input from your helping spirits, from your life, from the bigger world, and from the other dreams you're going to mash up against. Martin Luther King Jr. also said, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. And I believe in this that one of the things that he's talking about is just how hard it is to carry the energies that are contrary to the big dream. And anything that ends the destinies of others that is not um, co-creating with all of life is a burden. 
because it is not supported by the big dreaming. Now, with that said, there is great destruction in the big dreaming because that is the way life renews itself here on earth. So I'm not saying, saying things don't die. Things don't get broken. Things don't get destroyed. They do. They have to. But the issue we're talking about today is co-creation and how we consciously attend to co-creating our life with the understanding that everybody else is creating their dreams as well. And some are doing it consciously and some are not. But the important thing here is that hate is too great a burden to bear. So another issue with co-creating with others, with the living, is kind of the opposite of those who are fiercely trying to co-create a world you don't want to live in. The other side is those who are simply unconscious. So as long as the – this is Noam Chomsky. As long as the general population is passive, apathetic, and diverted to consumerism or hatred of the vulnerable, then the power – can do as they please. Oh, then the powerful can do as they please. And those who survive will be left to contemplate the outcome. So this is an aspect of co-creating that tends to get ignored. And I think that's because we don't yet fully appreciate the power of the collective, especially in co-creating our unique vision. So if we did, for example, I think here in America, we would... um, have a much more effective government if we under if we actually understood the power of the collective we would have very different banking laws for sure and that wealth would not be coalescing in such a small subset of the population so anyway to go forward with co-creating because that that gets really big when we start thinking about all those things but i believe that it's true i believe there's evidence all around that we don't grasp the power of the collective So what tends to happen then is that people engaged in living a spiritual life tend to refer to those people who are asleep, to those people who are living in the flatland. I've said it before myself, to those people that are living a run program life. You know, we refer to those people over there and then just sort of sense, well, I can't get through to them, so I'm just going to ignore them. They tend to be dismissed, in other words. But we need to remember Everyone is co-creating their dream, consciously or unconsciously. And it may be true that these people are unconsciously co-creating their dream. But if they are truly asleep, then perhaps they are waiting to be awakened. So if we dismiss them and take our stories, our teaching stories away from them, then they will not wake up. Or they'll wake up to exactly the same mind-numbing, passive, apathetic information and go back to sleep again. So in, in dismissing this, this group, let's say they're unconscious co-creators, those who are conscious co-creators are missing the boat. And I think the way that we can approach this is stories. This is from Alan Rickman, but I love it. Actually, I love him as an actor, but I I love this quote. It's a human need to be told stories. And the more we are governed by idiots and have no control over our destinies, the more we need to tell stories to each other about who we are, why we are here, where we come from, and what might be possible. 
and as common as this quote is for contemporary time, common language, it is absolutely true. Stories matter. Stories that remind us of who we are and who we could be. Stories that tell us where we came from. You were born of legendary lovers. How dare you not love life? That's a powerful story. Are our children being told that story? Are people who we judge to be asleep being told that story? Are they being helped to wake up by your story? So this is my sense on what you could do with your helping spirits. I have a class, I can't remember actually at the moment which one it is, but one of the things we do is we scan our life to look for um, our great teachers in life, those people who have stepped in as great teachers of various different things. And then the other thing is we then journey to ask for the teachers we didn't notice so we can stop cycling. So this is sort of like that, but this is about stories. And so the thing is to journey to your helping spirits and ask your helping spirits to help you understand what are the teaching stories from your life? In other words, the things you have done that could be shaped into a teaching story. So I don't mean other people's poems you love or other people's stories or the, or the stories of Native Americans or something like that. These, these are part of what I'm talking about, but not what I'm talking about precisely when we talk about those we would judge to be asleep. I'm talking about your stories. The ones that touch the stories, that touch people who are asleep, are our own, true and human. If I'm just waking up from unconsciousness and someone shares this big metaphorical story with me about Raven sealing back the sun, that has no meaning to me. I'm foggy, I'm barely conscious, it's just silliness. But if a human being shares a story with me that's about contemporary life and their own passions and feelings and efforts in a life I can recognize and I see how that person did something I haven't been able to do, that story will catch me. So if we're here co-creating with other living, I think part of what we need to do is to begin to turn our teaching stories into stories we can tell and to share them and to not dismiss those who are sleeping because you never know who might awaken hearing your story and completely change their lives. Now, of course, the other people we are all co-creating with are our family. And this is often, for many, a support in co-creating their life. For others, it's a great challenge. And that's largely because those that we love have expectations, assumptions, and beliefs about us. And we love them. It's much easier to deal with people that have expectations and assumptions and beliefs about us that are not aligned with us, that we don't love. It's harder when they're people we love, people we want in our life, people we want to love us back. And so the challenge here is for you as a mature practitioner, uh, well, as a mature human with shamanic practices, is to explore what the expectations are that others have of you and how that challenges you. 
And so one thing to explore in yourself is do you truly need your family's love and acceptance? And if that is the case, then you have some work to do with your own inner selves from your childhood. And there's a lot of shamanic practices and teachings and healings that can assist you in getting to a place where you need your own love and your own acceptance. You would like theirs, but you can love them even if they can't give you love and acceptance. Because the truth is, as an adult, in co-creating your life, what you want is to be able to love your family. That's the adult expression and you can love them no matter who they are needing their love and acceptance is a whole nother issue and they're not the same thing so this is an important thing to be clear where your beliefs and values are if you believe you need you know your fathers to be proud of you or you believe you need your mother to be happy then those beliefs are going to drive your co-creating But if your belief is simply that you love your mother and your father and you accept them as they are and equally you love yourself and accept yourself as you are, then you can find a way to co-create your life and love them. And the more you model the truth of who you are, the easier it is for the people that love you to find their own path to being connected to you. And one thing I didn't want to lose the time to talk about was the actual joy of co-creating with the living. That when we actually are with people who share beliefs and values or at least share the vision they want to go toward, it's unbelievably joyful and, um, and frustrating and challenging. But ultimately, we move into a realm that is unimaginable. We move from a place of I need to manifest my soul's purpose through my vision and co-create my life to recognizing in my efforts to be part of this group, this group that is wanting to live what the dreaming has dreamt them into existence for. I touch my own gifts and get ever more clear in my ability to manifest my dreaming. And that there is a synergy in that relationship between being part of a community that is co-creating a vision together, um, that is manifesting the dream the community has been dreamt up to be. There is a synergy between that and an individual co-creating a life that allows them to bring their gifts and blessings And I just got back from a weekend with my student community, um, literally doing an enormous ritual process over 30 days of releasing our visions of our community, releasing our fears of our community, completely clearing the slate, calling in a center with heart for these are the things that we believe and value, and then opening up to dance the dream, the big dream is dreaming of us as a community. And through that dance, I was reminded, and I danced along with them, I was reminded that the dream, the dreaming has for us is so vast and so much larger that we we grasped through the dancing as it came through in our dance 
the tip of the iceberg and we could barely articulate that. And so the beauty of being involved in a collective manifestation as well as a personal manifestation is we get reminded where we are failing in our imagination and we get inspired to open up again. And to see that there are ways things could happen and the whys that things should happen that we never imagined. And that by co-creating with the living, we are actually enabled in a good way to co-create for ourselves. So I want to thank my community for a great weekend and thank the ancestors for gathering around us. Thank the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. There are many classes and adventures for 2015 now on the Last Mask Center website. You can register for most of them directly through the website, and within the next probably 48 hours, you'll even be able to register for Mass Evolution on the website. Um, so coming up soon in March is Healing the Ancestral Lines here in Portland. And Mass of Illusion will happen in July. Oh, and uh, I believe the clearing class is happening here in Portland in April. So, fun to be had by all. So everyone, enjoy your week co-creating with the living.